all profit is value extraction. And that means that all profit is theft from you. Corporate America is on welfare, and they you've got to get them off welfare. Welcome to Cars and Comrades, your leftist car podcast. My name is Bryant. Today we've got Brandon, Connor, and Zach. How are y'all feeling? Pretty good. <laughs> good. Pretty good. Uh, I would do the same thing if I had a pill bottle. <laughs> uh, so today we got some news stories for you. Um, we also have... A report back from Connor, who went to the Chicago Auto Show, um, and a few other things I'm probably forgetting, but you know we'll we'll get there when we get there. But uh, first, we'll do some project car updates, and I forget which uh, order we're going in. I probably should have figured that out before we started recording, but alphabetical. All right, so Brandon, <laughs> I didn't do shit. All right, uh, you know, just so I have something. Uh, the the radio on the Ford keeps dying, and you have to unplug the battery to get it to reset. I've done that twice in the last two weeks. Huh? Working is it hard. like a? Nice. Is it like a modern radio, or is it like the old original radio? No, it's like a old or a newer like Bluetooth radio. Gotcha. Yeah. That seems very frustrating. Uh, I like having shit playing when I'm driving, so that's oh, oh yeah, very but frustrating. I mean, I just have to unplug it for like thirty seconds, and then it resets, and I can turn it back on. Hmm. That is but, annoying. So you have to like disconnect the battery from like the terminals or whatever. Yeah. If there's another way, I don't know it. I just pull the negative terminal off, and after thirty seconds or so, I reconnect it, and it's fine. Huh. I uh, I definitely had some trouble with the Bluetooth on my Sabru, and like I had to like turn the car on and off a couple times to get it to work once. Um, I never tried disconnecting the battery, but. I did try some percussive maintenance on it, and that worked <laughs> once. <laughs> Dude, this radio literally survived the fire. So oh, if okay. I just have to reset it every now and then, like, part of the controls are melted. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, okay. that's a good radio. <laughs> this is explaining a lot now. <laughs> um, like, the volume dial melted so bad that I had to, like, break it free. To turn the volume up and down. <laughs> <laughs> I'm. This is so fitting. I'm glad you keep that in the car. Don't ever replace that radio. Why would I? Yeah. It works sometimes. <laughs> it works sixty percent of the time. Every time. Nice. That's nice. I right, um, so uh, yeah, Bryant. What you been up to? I have been doing nothing. Um, so I, I think last time I was talking about how I needed to go get my um, MR2 smog tested. I still need to do that because the smog check place is only open like nine to five on weekdays and then like 10 to 1 p.m. on Saturdays or something. Ooh, so banker's hours. Yeah. So... <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I need to like wake up early it, and, you know, go there on a 
Monday or Tuesday or something. It's it's yeah, they don't have their hours, you know, arranged for people that work second shift and sleep till noon. Yeah, mm. definitely not. But uh, I don't know. I'll I, I do need to do that by the end of the month. So eh, we'll see. Um, oh, and I guess corrections and omissions time uh, on the climate Stalin episode. I was trying to remember the name of a uh, video game where you can, you know, kind of game out uh, different scenarios for climate change. Uh, and it's called Half Earth Socialism. Uh, I'll put the link in the uh, in the show notes for this one, but it's uh, play.half.earth. And uh, it's also it's based off of a, a book by it could just be based off of like the reality, though. I feel, I feel <laughs> yeah. like it's kind of weird that it's based off of a book about <laughs> what the same shit we're living through. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the book is by Drew Pendergrass and Troy Vitesse. Maybe I should write a fiction book about reality. That that seems like a good idea. I'm going to write a reality book about fiction. <laughs> <laughs> I think this is a nonfiction book. I, I haven't read it. Um, I might in the future, but it's it's all, you know, kind of like gaming through the or talking about the the different ways that you could, you know, combat uh, climate change. There's only one way, and it's fucking communism. Yeah, I, I, I mean, they're getting into the nitty gritty of like, you know, <laughs> yeah, <I'm kidding. laughs> restoring ecosystems and all that shit. But um, oh, and I think I want to say that the term "climate Stalin" was invented by Alice Caldwell Kelly from Trash Future, but I there might have been someone else who came up with it before her. I don't know. Um, listeners write in if I'm wrong. But yeah, that's all I have about that. Uh, you know, still still need to do the emissions testing and then I can get the car in the garage and actually start working on the stuff that it needs, like uh, brakes and suspension and tires and all that. Nice. So, oh, and, and fixing the HVAC control thing that broke. So... I don't know if I'll do that all in one go. I, I want to get it, you know, drivable and then, you know, start fixing some of the minor things. Just do what I do and really push the boundaries of what drivable even means. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, right now it is drivable, but, you know, I can't like take off the entire suspension and then drive it somewhere. You know what I mean? I can take the, the dashboard out and drive it somewhere. That's true. Uh, That's so. true. Yeah, I'm just doing a reverse like straws on a camel's back where I remove one bolt at a time until it just doesn't work anymore. <laughs> <laughs> right. But uh, yeah, Connor, what have you been up to? Uh, I've been up to uh, a lot. <laughs> yeah, speaking of emissions tests, I have two emissions tests that I have to do on two cars that are not going to fucking pass. So... <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I'm gonna be almost certainly driving around without uh, current registration for a while. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> um. So was it, yeah, was it you or someone that was talking about? Um, oh, I think it was someone on some other podcast was talking about trying to pass emissions. Yeah, it was um Jeff Glucker with a he's got a Jag with a small block Chevy in it, hmm. and he was talking about how like you can 
either put lower octane fuel in it or a mix of low octane and E85. And that can, you know, burn a little bit cleaner and kind of. That might work know. for a smog check that will not turn off engine lights. And that's oh. what my problem is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, also, <laughs> if I tried to put lower octane fuel in my car, it would have a bad time. Um, well, I'll, I think, you know, the key is using the a certain mix of low octane and E85. So it has enough octane from the E85. Oh, uh, okay. I don't know the formula for that. Yeah, gotcha. Um, nope, won't work for me. <laughs> I gotta get these fucking engine lights off. Uh, I do know that E85 is, sorry to interrupt, but is functionally 110 to 115 octane. So yep. just if you want to do the calculation yourself. That's what it is. Oh, yeah, that's true. I guess I, I didn't even think you could just do that math that way. But yeah, I guess that makes sense. Yeah. And uh, also, disclaimer, I tried this on my Miata like seven years ago or whatever, and it did not work. <laughs> so. Here, here's some advice that definitely doesn't work by all accounts. <laughs> but maybe. I, maybe I just didn't get the mix quite right, you know. Maybe. But... <laughs> it didn't work for us, but hey, maybe it'll work for you. Yeah. So there you try it. <laughs> so anyway, I got... Um... I got an update on the Camaro. So my, uh, my mechanic was taking, you know, taking a look at it and he was, he pulled the transmission out and he's last update I got is it's might not be quite as bad as I had feared possibly, but mm, probably best not to get my hopes up. It's a Chevy, but <laughs> yeah, but you don't have a Chevy transmission in there, man. I mean, I do. And so. it's, a, it's a T56 that went in a bunch of stuff. Fair. Yeah, those are generally regarded as good transmissions, but um, anyway, uh, so he, he he thinks it might be just the input shaft bearings inside the um, transmission, like past the front cover. So theoretically, we might not have to like go replacing fucking gears out the back. Mm. Um, so I don't know. We'll We'll see what happens, but last update i got is that it might not be as catastrophic as i had thought so that could be good news and it might be on the you know it might be drivable and then i'll have to worry about passing emissions which would be great although admittedly thinking about it and i'm literally just thinking about this right at this moment i my dad lives in indiana and i'm starting to think that i'm just going to register that car at least to his address because <laughs> There you go. Yeah, that one's going to be... Re- ah, I was already like, I didn't know how to make that one fucking pass. So that one might go get registered to my dad's address. Which brings me to the Z, which also might get registered to my dad's address. We'll see. I'm going to try. I don't want to do that, at least for the Z, just because I'd really rather not get any questions about it. Although, I don't know. People say you don't... It's not a big deal. Um I would rather be able to just pass emissions. That's the goal for me is to just go get shit done as normal. And I don't have to do any goofy shit, but right now I've got an engine light. Um, and I've been, I was trying to like create the right kind of vacuum leak again to actually hopefully pass. And cause there was a, there was a way that I had the vacuum line set before that like, 
was theoretically able to pass it made the drivability really shitty but like it it made the engine light go away and it bumped up the idle and stuff we tried to replicate that um and i my mechanic actually put in a valve to and a new line that can just like tee off and goes right to the um right to the crankcase breather so like which is what the cam manufacturer recommends for a certain condition. And so we had it one way before. We don't remember what that looked like anymore. And the valve that I had him put in isn't, it just seems like it's not getting the job done. Like if the leak is too small to be effective or whatever, it's just not making enough of a difference to pass. So like, and I've done the like, you know, clear the code, open up the valve and then drive, you know, go out and drive. And then the farthest I've made it is like 67 miles before the light came back. And I was like, shit, it might work better if the weather's a little bit nicer. So like I had the situation where it was like, yeah, I, the, the code stayed off while it was like 40, 50 degrees outside, but then it drops to like in the thirties and all of a sudden it's worse. And I think it was already worse when it was cold. Um, but it's hard to say I was going to fuck with it this weekend, but it's just like, it's much colder this weekend here. So there wasn't much to do, but I was, I got some vacuum caps and I'm going to try and like pull some other lines and cap this and, you know, (laughs) put a plug on that and see if anything else makes a difference. But, you know, I'm having a hard time passing is, is the, uh, moral of the story there. So We'll we'll see how that develops. I've got a couple weeks still, but um, I'm not, who knows? I might try and get in to get the tune fixed. But I was like, my whole thing was I was going to try and like get this vacuum issue sorted out so that I could just like pass and then worry about the tune. But we'll see what happens. So right now, I'm not in the best position on passing that emissions test. But oh well. Who cares? It's fucking fine. Then you need a guy that will sell stickers. <laughs> yeah. 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 That would be, that would probably be helpful or a, or a PO box in Montana. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, look, so here's the thing. I do have the option of registering this car to another address. Like it is a possibility for me like to avoid it if I can. But like, if I have to go more than a month, without you know current plates or you know if i procrastinate another six weeks or something like if it takes that long i'm just probably going to register it to a different address and say fuck it worry about it again later but like i said i'd rather not do that because it would be nice if my shit was just like working right and passed and i didn't have to worry but you know i have other options so like i don't know i'm just going to continue to fuck with it a little bit and if it doesn't work it doesn't work whatever so all that said that's just that's an ongoing minor issue for me um and then i did also uh the real reason my car was actually at the shop was to get my rear suspension components uh replaced so i had (laughs) that shop that i've talked about that um, really fucked my shit up and i really wasn't happy with their work one of the things they did, and I I thought there was something else wrong with it because I thought there's no way they fucked up this bad and just straight up did not tighten a bolt all the way, but they just didn't tighten a bolt all the way. So my camber arm in the rear was like just fully fucking loose and able to like rock back and forth. 
like a crazy amount. So like when I was turning, I would feel it like shift over the rear end and like it was real sketchy. Yeah, that's pretty scary. Yeah. So like, look, I knew (laughs) I've known about the problem for months (laughs) and uh, I drove on it and I drifted on it, too, um, at the track. Like I knew it was an issue, but um, it was very sketchy. Anyway, I finally replaced that. And um, turns out, yeah, it just wasn't tight. I figured that could I never took a close enough look, but I was like, because they were talking about they broke a bolt and they're like, oh, we fucked this up. We And I was like, just put it back together so that it kind of works. So, yeah, they just didn't tighten it or something. I don't know. But anyway, new bolts, new arms, new camber arms. And I also changed the toe arms while I was there, which goes in place of like the spring bucket arm, which is much like the stock arm is like a lot bigger because it's supposed to hold the spring, but I have true type coilovers. So the spring is on the shock itself. So obviously I don't need that big obnoxious arm anymore. So I, I replaced it with a thin little brand new toe arm and they're very fancy. They're very nice. They're painted green. It's cool. Um, (laughs) (laughs) so yeah, that's, uh, I did that. Um, I was interested in finding out what the weight savings would be for this because it's unsprung weight and, you know, it saved me a, a, a small amount of weight. It was about four pounds, I think, all, all said and done, which is not that much. <laughs> but, eh, whatever. Um, it's not think, nothing. It's not nothing. So, like, it's the toe arms are way lighter than the spring pocket arms, which, to Nissan's credit, are cast aluminum and were actually considerably, like, way lighter than I would have thought. So... They were already like, it's a pretty big arm and it's like four to four and a half pounds or something. Like it's not actually nearly as heavy as you would think looking at it. So I was like, oh damn, these are already pretty light. So the new ones are like two pounds, but then the camber arm, the factory one is like two pounds and the new one is like, you know, three and a half or four pounds or something like that. So, you know, I didn't save a ton of weight, but it does feel really, um, now that it's been changed, it does feel a lot more solid back there. Um, I do feel like I still have some kind of looseness somewhere in the suspension that I'm not, I haven't quite figured out where it is yet, but like I feel way more solid and my shit is a lot less janky in the turns. So that's a pretty big improvement. Nice. That is definitely a good thing. Yeah. Have you checked your uh, diff mounts at all? Those are solid. Your diff mounts? Okay. <laughs> That yeah. was, that's like my first go-to if there's yeah. if there's unknown weird sloppiness it's like what about diff mounts because that's yep. something that no one ever checks <laughs> yeah now part but, of yeah. me sometimes i wonder if I'm, I'm like is some of my like weird suspension feel could just be that like everything is fucking solid these days that mm. like <laughs> i've replaced shit with so much like i'm like maybe it's just that i'm running like track components on a street car that makes it feel a little uh snappy sometimes but whatever it's fine it's it's working a lot better and i don't know it's probably in my head but it does feel like the rear end feels a little more like lighter in a way like it feels more responsive in a in a weird way that i'm just like i don't know i can't quite put my finger on it but it feels good so it feels good it looks good and you know maybe i'll figure out how to make it pass emissions at some point but uh, that's pretty much all my updates. I know that I'm talking for a minute, but like uh, like I said, the last recording, I've been fucking busy with this car. So, oh yeah, well that's good. It's good yeah. to be busy on that shit. 
Mm, I mean, I'd rather not be, but you know, yeah. ah, you make making progress. That's yes. I'm making progress. Wrong with that. <laughs> so that's all I got. But uh, Zach, what, uh, what you been up to? <sighs> well, let me <laughs> oh, tell <boy>. you. <laughs> so, um, the Audi, it runs, it runs and drives. Okay, good. No shit. It does. I wow. got it all put back together. Uh, it was a huge pain in my ass. Every bolt, every electrical connector was like a full like trip out to my, it's at my dad's place right now. And like every single bolt was a trip out there and a full like evening's work just to get like one bolt. And then, you know, one electrical connector was like a full evening's work. I'm just like Jesus. fucking around doing different shit. I ended up spending like almost $300 on an electric ratchet and battery set so that I could get three bolts. Because I just, what, I had no room what, to move what a ratchet. Get, what'd you get, by the way? Uh, Milwaukee yeah. M12 fuel mm-hmm. uh, with the, extend, the extended head. Okay, I got you. So I dropped some cash. That was like over 200 just for that. And then, you know, I bought uh, a bigger battery for it as well. You like yeah, it though, that thing's right? a fucking champion. Oh my God, is uh, it good. I've been thinking about getting one. Oh, dude. I mean, okay. luckily, okay, so my company has an account with Home Depot, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I have a Home Depot card. And they're completely okay with us putting tools on the Home Depot card. And then they'll just pull however much we want out of our paychecks to pay it off. So any tools I get that Home Depot has, yeah, I was just like, for this one, I almost just dropped all the money at once, but I was like, ah, you know, I'll split it up a little. And so I just told them to do it over like four paychecks. I'm just like, oh, nice. You know. Nice. But I could do it like a dollar a paycheck and just pay it off for the rest of my life if I really wanted to. They are super cool about that kind of shit. So, oh, that snap on payment plan. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. No, but that was like, yeah, I, I mean, dude, if you've got the cash, holy shit, a life changer. Yeah. Like, I was thinking actually, uh, I was considering getting it without the extended head, uh-huh. but I, I, I don't know, just because like it was a lot more expensive and I wasn't sure of the utility of it i think that if you work on something like an audi or something where everything is just fucking tight as shit and like it's super hard even to get a ratchet onto whatever you're working on yeah uh definitely worth it but i mean if most of your shit's pretty accessible as it is nah probably not worth the cash but anyway anyway sorry (laughs) no no worries um we do a little tool talk. Yeah, it runs, it dries, it is making a noise. It's not nearly as bad as it was before, but there is some sort of weird noise. I don't know if it's timing components or if that's just what clattery ass German engines sound like. I've completely forgotten at this point, but God. it's it's running smooth. It seems to be doing okay. No check engines. You know, I've driven it some and it's, it's fine. You know, I, the same thing happened last time though. I drove it a little bit and then it, um, you know, it all kind of went to shit. So I'm really not trying to like jinx it <laughs> as much as I don't believe in that. I don't want to say it's good cause I can't be certain, but it seems to be okay for now. So I'm going to do a few more little things. It, 
there's plasti dip on the wheels and shit like that. Just get it cleaned up, plasti dip off the wheels, get it looking good. And I think I'm going to try to sell it and just, you know, at this point until it fails while I own it, I am selling it with a good conscience to say it is working as of right now. Cool. I, so you're, you're going with the Camaro sales plan. Exactly. Gotcha. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like if something happens after you purchase it, I apologize. That's what you get for buying a fucking Audi. You made the same mistake I did. Ha ha ha. It's your problem now. <laughs> but yeah, it's, I'm very tentatively excited to say that it is running and driving as of right now. Fucking sweet. Oh, yeah. Nice. So yeah, that's pretty huge development. I think this upcoming weekend, I'm going to do my full STI swap on my WRX now that I have some leeway to, to work on something other than the Audi. So I should have a oh, six-speed yeah. swap done the next time we record. Oh, wow. fuck yeah. Yeah. Um, I am going to give myself, like, I'm going to get started on it on a Friday night and give myself, you know, Friday night, all day Saturday and all day Sunday just to work on that. Because, I mean, I the way I'm doing it, I am keeping almost all of the components intact. So, like, basically, it's just the front subframe, the transmission, the rear subframe, just in three, like, components that are all together. So, like, all of the steering, the steering rack, the suspension components, all the control arms, you know, camber, toe arms, everything is going to stay, you know, all mounted to the subframe and I'm just going to put it all together into the car as one solid unit. So I don't have to go through and do each individual piece. So it should be relatively quick, <laughs> fingers crossed. And <laughs> yeah. no dumb bullshit comes up. It should be a relatively quick swap, but I think so two how, days is more than enough. Go ahead. How different is the, um, I mean, I, I figured, you know, obviously the STI has better suspension components, but is it like completely different that like, the control arms are absolutely like different parts. Um, I mean, or are they pretty close? Cause I'm just wondering. No control arms are basically the same. Like, you know, those components are uh, interchangeable. The big differences are the hubs and okay. the, the knuckle. So the, um, yeah, the, the shock, knuckle. the shock mounts differently. So it's a different shock on the STI. It's a little wider spacing on the two bolts that mount it to the knuckle. The hubs, it's a 5x1 14.3 hub versus the 5x100 on a WRX. Oh, thicker, wow. thicker axles, more splines. Nice, um, okay. Different rear diff, different drive shaft, obviously different transmission. That's like the whole thing. Yeah. yeah. And then obviously different brakes. It's got the Brembo four-pot fronts and two-pot rear brakes, whereas... You know, the WRX just has some basic Subaru two-pot, one-pot deals. Gotcha. On it. Okay. So, yeah, those are the main uh, differences. Shocks, hubs, knuckles, brakes. Okay. That's substantial. Yeah. Doesn't, uh, doesn't the STI have aluminum control arms? It does, yeah. That's another thing I forgot. On the front, uh, the lower control arm is aluminum versus steel on the WRX. Gotcha. Same same mounting points and everything. You can put STI control arms on a WRX, but they are aluminum on the STI. I did forget yeah. that. I was thinking about doing that, but on the, the wagon that I have, 
the generation I have is like a little bit narrower than the same year STI. Yeah. By like an inch or half an inch or something. So I'd have to get new axles also if I was going to do that. Yeah, that seems not worth it. Right. Yeah. Um, so hopefully that's done next weekend. Like I said, it should be a relatively quick one. I think giving myself two and a half full days is more than enough. But I just want to be absolutely certain that I have enough time to get it done. Well, and I might be able to give you a hand at least for one day on that. Oh, hell yeah. That would be a huge help. I think the biggest thing that I'm like concerned about right now is I had to pull apart the rear disc or the rear like drum brake assembly basically for the e-brakes. Yeah. And yeah, that's going to be a huge pain in the ass to get back together. I took like a couple pictures of it, but hopefully I can figure it out. <laughs> I hate fucking drum brakes. I think I've done that on my car at least once and it Sweet. wasn't that hard. Sweet. That's great news. I think I am going to pull the motor when I do it because the motor sits on the front subframe and uh-huh. it's honestly really easy to pull the motor out of one of those. So I might just pull the motor just to, for ease of access. And I think it's a lot easier to put a motor onto a transmission than it is to uh, put a transmission onto the back of the motor, at least in that car. Yeah. I saw so, one thing. This is kind of a side tangent, but there was yeah. like some like uh, like pro mod style uh, build someone was doing where they had the transmission like on like on rails and bearings so that you could like slide it back and forth off of the motor. Oh, nice. So it's like you can do a a clutch change in like 10 minutes or something. That's awesome. Yeah. (laughs) You know, what's fucking crazy. Actually, there's there's all kinds of goofy shit for like track dedicated cars. There's like in um, professional like drifting and stuff. They have quick change diffs that you can just change like right at the fucking track. I, they look totally different, but like, yeah, that's, you could just that's like really old school tech too. Yeah, see, yeah, there's, there's pro- been quick change diffs for I think going back to like the 40s or 50s. Oh my god! I mean, a four nine inch is basically a quick change diff. <laughs> no More or less. What no, is- I like there. There are, are quick change diffs where like I, I don't even remember exactly how they work, but I I, I know that they're simple enough that. Uh, I was watching somebody like fuck with their land speed car and their top speed was under a hundred miles an hour because they had accidentally swapped the two gears. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, they have those where the, where you can swap the ratio by pulling the, the two gears out of the rear and putting them. Yeah. In the different positions. Yeah. For the next pass, the dude just flip flop the gears and went right back at it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I was exaggerating saying that the Ford 9-inch is a quick-change diff. It's just notoriously fast to pull a diff out of a 9-inch and, yeah. and swap it. Yeah. A lot easier to like get dialed in correctly, too. Yeah, for sure. Don't have to fuck with Lash nearly as much. Yeah, so are, are there are there are built-in mechanisms to deal with it, unlike like Chevy and Mopar, right. where you have, like, you have to shim them. Right. Yeah, that's uh, all I had for my... Car updates, though. Um, well, actually, did I have the front bumper on my Subaru last time we talked? I don't think I did. I don't think you did. No, no. I put the front mount. I put the front mount on, and I was running no bumper for a while. But I was like, ah, fuck it. I got a little time, so I just chopped up my front bumper one evening and stuck it back on there. I did a shit job, but that front bumper was fucked up anyway. So I don't really care. <laughs> <laughs> so 
Yeah, it's my Subaru's got a front bumper on it now. It did look pretty cool when I saw it without the bumper and the the pod filter sticking down there. Yeah, that did look pretty hard, but <laughs> it was a little exposed. Yeah. I also bought uh, one of those AEM uh, like pre-filter bags uh, to okay. put it over it since it's like kind of sticking down right at the ground. I yeah. got a little concerned with like water and stuff, so it was like forty dollars for a bag. This is a fucking rip off, but it's better than sucking water into my engine. So. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think that's actually everything. The Rangers still a fucking pile of shit. Uh, I've done a bunch of research for the Cobra, but no progress on that fucker yet. That's been a nightmare just to find like a ball joint. I'm like, there's like six different options for it, and I'm like, I don't know which one I have. God damn it! Yeah. Just get the most expensive one; it'll be good. <laughs> well, they're all slightly different measurements. Is the problem, and like none of them are lining up exactly but there's like a couple that are just as off as each other. You know what I mean? Like I'm kind of oh, splitting the difference on the measurement. Hmm. Check so. their return policy and just buy them all. And that's <laughs> which one fits. Exactly. Yeah. That's not a bad idea. So, yep. That's it. That's all I got. Well, real quick before we move on, uh, one thing I forgot to mention for the listeners, if you uh, tried to follow me on Instagram, and I uh, said no to that and blocked you or something. I was just in a bad mood that day, so just try again. <laughs> <laughs> well, if they're blocked, they can't try again. Uh, or I don't think I blocked anyone. I think oh, I okay. just said cancel or something. Uh, I Also, I don't really know how to use Instagram that well. So, <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. Yeah, and uh, I don't know. I'm not going to tell you my Instagram on the air because I it's my it's a, my own little secret. Instagram account that I basically never use except for our group chat. And uh, you can follow me. I'm not going to post anything. Yeah. Dedicated listeners can figure it out, but yeah, it's like, it's like a little scavenger hunt. You know, you win a prize if you, if you find my account. (laughs) Yeah. He might, he might decline your your follow request. Oh, and another little scavenger hunt. When we get to the news section, and there's the uh, the Morse code, you know, listeners, if you can decipher that Morse code and tell us what it's from, uh, you know, I don't I, we won't send you a prize or anything, but you'll you'll get our uh, our admiration, I guess. I'll send you a virtual high five. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, so there you go. Yeah, <laughs> Brian, I know you've you've explained this to us and I don't remember. It is very innocuous from. From what I recall. What do you mean? Oh, what the, the, the Morse, the Morse code, code thing? is? Yeah. Yeah. You've explained it. And I'm just like, I don't even remember. It was very innocuous. <laughs> it's not. Yeah. It's not like a secret, uh, you know, Q drop or something like that. It's just whatever <laughs> clip I could find off of YouTube of Morse code. So. <laughs> well, should we take a quick break or should we go into uh, Connor's um, report from the, uh, the auto What's- show? Let's do the, um, I'm thinking about this. Yeah, let's take a quick break and then I'll do the report on the auto show and then we'll just go right into the news stories. All right. Sounds good. All right. All right. Cool. Quick break. We'll be back. All right, welcome back. And uh, Connor, you recently attended the Chicago Auto Show. And was there another auto show that you went to also? 
Uh, I considered going to the World of Wheels show, but I didn't because it was literally the next weekend. Okay. And I was just like, no. <laughs> I was like, no, I've done enough. Also, uh, apparently it's like super fucking expensive. Like, I think it's like $35. And then to get into like the whatever they call it, the Tuner Galleria, which is where and apparently they were taking just about anybody. <laughs> um, but that's where I literally knew people whose cars were in there. Because I always do. Obviously, there's it's people who are like, I have a cool car, and then they'll let you in. That's like another 10 or 15 bucks or something. And it's only Saturday, and I was just like, no, I'm not doing this another weekend. No thanks. So there, w- there wouldn't be anything to report from that show, really, because like, there's no automotive business stuff involved or anything. Whereas like the auto show is like, you can kind of get a sense for where auto companies are going and like what's going to be out there um but world of wheels is just like here's a bunch of cool cars in a convention center walk around and look at them they're really nice so yeah Yeah. i was like nah so anyway i didn't go to that but i considered it but anyway so the reason we're doing this report uh after the fact is because i was gonna try and like actually record at the auto show but i didn't like prepare properly so i showed up and like didn't know what the fuck i was doing and then couldn't figure out how to make it work (laughs) so we we don't need to tell the listener that like as far as they know (laughs) we're we're seasoned professionals right you might be i Uh, am very incompetent (laughs) (laughs) yeah so like i showed up and i and i i was like oh the thing we use for recording apparently you have to have a laptop to do that and i was like trying to do it on my phone and it the problem is it let me get almost every fucking step right before recording and i'm like oh this is working fuck yeah all right this is and then of course i go to hit like record and it was like actually sir you need a laptop and i was like well shit okay so then i quickly tried to like download another version and it was just like yeah, you can like talk, but you can't record. And I was like, fuck. So after sitting there for like 10 minutes at, after getting the tickets and like fucking with this, I was just like, okay, I don't feel like doing this anymore. I'm going to just enjoy the show. <laughs> so yeah, technical difficulties. Couldn't figure it out. I'm incompetent. So you're not going to get a fun, probably very boring uh recording of me at the auto show but i'll tell you what i saw and it was like a bunch of new cars is what i saw so you know it's only so interesting one of the most interesting things though was i actually met a listener there who came out to um because i posted at some point that i was going to be there and uh so robert who listens to the show uh reached out and was like hey i can come meet you that could be fun um i'll come after work and so he did and it was very cool to meet someone who listens to the show. It was like different because I'm like, hey, we're strangers, but you've heard me talk a lot. <laughs> Which we're is, bringing this parasocial <laughs> shit into the real world. <laughs> Which I'm like, I'm like, boy, I feel weird about this because like I am cannot stress enough. Just a regular fucking guy. Um, and I'm like, hey, cool. Let's hang out. Um, which we did. And it was very fun. So we did that. And obviously, Robert is. I shouldn't say obviously, you know, we, he messages the account, um, often. So we chat from time to time anyway, but yeah, so that was really cool to hang out with someone who's in like 
the local area. So that was cool. And I'm sure we will probably, I will see him at some other car event uh, at some point, I'm sure. So that was cool. That was one of the more interesting things to report. But so some of the bigger stories that I've got here is um, it's like interesting who wasn't at the auto show. And, and I'm trying to like remember because like it, it, I always forget like how the auto show is when I go because like some years there will be different companies there versus like not there. And it's like I, I feel like some of these car companies like alternate years, but I'm not a consistent enough attendee to be like. Yes, that's definitely what's happening versus like, I don't know, this company just didn't feel like it this time. I don't fucking know. (laughs) So I can tell you this year there was no Mercedes, no Audi, no Mazda. Um, Tesla wasn't there, which was a real bummer to me because like I really (laughs) wanted to rag on (laughs) on Tesla. I was really hoping for some good shit. Don't worry, we got plenty of that coming up. (laughs) Oh, yeah. They were actually um, trying to come, but all their cars burst into flames on the way. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, they had a section. It was just cordoned off that said out of order. <laughs> um, Everything so, around it was singed. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, there was a hole in the floor where one of the cars actually melted through the floor. Um, <laughs> but um, and, and, and my partner was telling me, she's like, yeah, Tesla's never there. And I'm like, I swear they've been here before. And she's like, no, they've never. And I, I, I don't know enough to be like, no, they're to-. so I don't know if she's mistaken or if I'm mistaken. I thought I've seen Tesla there, but like being told that like Tesla doesn't go to the auto show ever wouldn't necessarily be the most surprising thing either because it's hardly a functional company. So, uh, you know. Yeah. Um, you know. I, I hope your girlfriend was just pulling the ultimate boss move where the second you're wrong about something, she's just like, yeah, it's always that way. <laughs> uh, yeah, that, that could be too. <laughs> but so anyway, Tesla wasn't there. And then Volvo wasn't there. Although, I mean, Volvo is not usually the top of my mind. So. But and I don't think Mitsubishi was there, but I could be wrong about that. There was a lot that like. I'm going to tell you how long I spent there, by the way. And like, I was there for a long time and there was a lot of shit that I feel like I still didn't see because like we didn't go through the entire show, but we were there for, oh, I don't know. We were there for like six or seven hours, an absurd amount of time. And I feel like I do this thing where like I've gone to the auto show, like where I've gone and then I've gone a couple years in a row. And then like the next year I go, like there's not that much that's different. So I'll like run through it in an hour or two. Um, but I haven't been to the auto show in like three or four or five years. I don't remember. It was before COVID, which feels like an eternity now. So it's been a long while since I've actually been to the auto show and we were pretty meticulous. Like we went through and like wanted to see as many cars as possible. And there was still somehow a lot that we skipped, but we were there for many, many hours, just kind of fucking around, looking at cars, peeking in the trunks, which was fun because a bunch of them don't have like spare tires or this and that, (laughs) or we couldn't figure out how to open some of them because they're, you know, new and different. And um, anyway, so we were there for quite a while. Um, But yeah, there was still a bunch of companies that weren't even there. One of the things that I saw, and and so I, I did see like just a whole bunch of things that I kind of took some brief notes on. Um, and then one of those being 
there was a brand new Nissan Altima there that was already missing letters off the, the you know, fucking trunk. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it read ATM. <laughs> yeah, no, not kidding. I have a pic. Uh, I should mention I, there will be a link where I will have all these pictures that I took because I took like a bunch um, and that is one of the pictures I have is that, yeah, there was an Ultima that was already p- came pre missing the letters off the back. So I love the, I love the idea that like now, like part of quality control for an Ultima is just like hitting a fender <laughs> with a sledgehammer so that it looks like <laughs> like this Ultima has three miles on it from factory, like showroom floor. And it's already like got a crack in the windshield and one of the fenders is caved in. <laughs> this is what it will look like once you take it home and once you own it for a little while. We already know. <laughs> Now, do you think maybe like someone at the auto show just like pried the letters off? I maybe, but to, like, like stick on their own car or something. <laughs> but who knows? Like, they, yeah, that would be the ultimate ultimate behavior, though, for real. They're like, <laughs> I'm missing these letters. I'm gonna take them. <laughs> <laughs> or, or maybe Larry wanted the L to do something with. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it, like so. Like I said, it could be a number of things. I'm not sure what, but uh, yeah, that was a whole. I, th- I found that to be a bit funny. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah. So that was there. One of the cooler things I saw um, was at Toyota. And, you know, I, got, I saw their normal cars and stuff, which um, was cool. Some of their, like, trucks and SUVs, by the way, are, like, bigger than everyone else's trucks and SUVs. I was, mm-hmm. like, I was, like, looking up at them. I was, like, what the fuck? Why is this vehicle even allowed to be on the road? I don't understand. But anyway, that's yes, tangent. Know. What was that? You, you, you understand. Well, yeah. Yes, I do. <laughs> we have a whole show about this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this you got me. But one of the cool things that they did have. So, like, I actually saw the new Prius, which, uh, again, looked cool. I was like, I would I would buy that shit. Um, so I thought the Prius was cool. Although it was up on, like, one of the spinny pedestals. So, like, I can't, like, really get in and, like, look at it or sit in it. So I was like, yeah, well, that attitude. <laughs> true um you do the the last 10 minutes that you're there yeah <laughs> when i'm well i was about to leave anyway <laughs> the new prius i gotta be honest it feels a little like the last gen of the civic type r to me where they went a little overboard with like the angles and the aggressiveness of it it just cool it, it looks better than the old ones which were a blob but I think they need to dial it back a little bit. I didn't think it, in person. It really didn't feel okay. that aggressive. Like I don't know why, but like I feel like from the renderings, it looked more aggressive in person. I was like, it does look like it just, it feels softer in person, but still cool. Still good. Okay. Right. Okay. Maybe okay. I'll, maybe I'll wait till I see one in real life before I judge it too harshly. Cause yeah, I've just seen render so far and I'm like, Ooh, that is a lot of sharp angles on a Prius. I mean, I feel like the same angles are there, but I don't know something about seeing it in person or maybe it was cause it was up on a spinny pedestal, but I don't know, but yeah. it felt a little different to me. Okay. And like it had all the doors open and shit, I think. So it was like, I Maybe maybe that's a little bit different, but I liked it personally. All right. But one of the cool things that Toyota had was um, they had like some on display somewhere. They just had like, oh, here's some like other shit that we have that was like small vehicles for like dense cities and stuff. So there was like one that's like a three wheel, um, almost like motorcycle-y, but like enclosed kind of situation. So it's like really narrow. It was like no more than two and a half feet wide. 
um, and it's got like a driver's seat and then a passenger seat right behind it. Um, which okay. look, it looks goofy, but like in terms of like, hey, we need to like not have giant fucking living rooms that we drive around in to not burn the planet down. Seems pretty cool. So one of the other things, um, so they had uh, they had shit like that. They also had a futuristic sort of looking Prius and it just looked wild and cool. I was, <laughs> It was like I was like, all right, this is this is cool. It had like windows that were like below the like i don't know it had like windows that were like low down so you could see into the car and stuff it just looked cool it was a concept vehicle it'll it'll never exist but it was cool um but also in the same section they did show a bunch of like mobility devices for people with disabilities that was actually like really cool i was like hey wait this is actually kind of solid so it's like there's this front um piece it's almost like it's like a pedestal with handles on it and then it's got a couple wheels in the front and it like hooks up to other things. So like if there's like a scooter kind of base, there's one that's like a seat. It's almost like a rascal sort of situation, like from the grocery store you see, but like looks nicer and cooler. And then there was one that like it could like hook up to a pretty standard wheelchair. And I was like, damn, this is actually kind of legit. So like for someone who is disabled and like maybe doesn't have someone to assist them, they can use this little motorized uh, sort of pedestal thing that connects to their wheelchair um, to get around easier. And I was like, damn, that's actually kind of cool. So I was kind of psyched to see that at the auto show. That is very cool. Um, did you happen to see, did they have pricing for stuff like that out I, available or no? Um, no, I, at least they okay. didn't like list it right there. Um, right. I don't think, let me see. I have some pictures, but, um, no, I don't think so. No, they just kind of showed it, but it is okay. like, it is really cool. I thought like, and it's like, so the same thing can like hook up to different bases. So like, yeah. So like various people who have like different kinds of mobility issues could utilize this to like, if you went to the grocery store, you might use this setup. If you went to just around your house, you might use this or, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. So I thought that was cool. I was like, Hey, that's, that's legit. It was kind of tucked into the back corner of stuff. And I was just like, well, whatever, this is cool. I think so. Yeah, that is definitely super cool to see. I really hope that it's not absurdly priced, which you know, I hope so too. Medical things in the U.S. are, but yeah, I but... would love to see that at like a you know an affordable price, like you know at or around a thousand dollars or less. What I can say is, from what it looked like, I that is very believable, and it could be even less. Like, yeah, it okay. looked like it's supposed to be an accessible sort of like thing it looks Hell pretty yeah. simple you know basic design and i'm like yeah this kind of technology isn't that complex anymore so like i mean I it's basically a hoverboard anymore right like yeah yeah like it's almost like that children's toy hoverboard things like yeah but just a little up and a little different you know movement yeah uh, capability yeah so anyway i thought that was cool to see that i was like all right well this is cool i am glad to see like stuff for you know people who do not have the same sort of like experience that i have that they can also have something to help them out um so that was cool to see i also did see the new nissan z it was cool again i'm kind of like i don't know i feel like they've got some kinks to work out on that but like you know the z's cool 
there were people waiting in line to sit in it and um i wasn't one of them (laughs) (laughs) um mostly partially because if you've ever been inside a 350z or a 370z the interior is like the same but nicer Mm -hmm. it's just like you know the dash looks more modern like the modern style that there is today which by the way i do kind of just have a note in here most of the interiors for across the different brands they kind of all look and feel the same now which yeah. i don't i which maybe has always been the case to some extent but like it felt really pronounced right now. <laughs> i was like and you know it's not all necessarily bad right like we've talked about like if there was a socialist system a lot of things might look kind of the same because you're like well we figured it out why would we waste resources doing this but like it's weird when companies like this are doing it i think the problem is that they all look and feel the same but nothing is cross compatible and you know yeah everything was cross compatible that would be cool but actually it's just lame and boring because they all make their own technically unique shit that looks and feels the same and it's like (laughs) what's the point of like competition you know capitalist uniqueness if it all is going to look and feel the same, but not be cross compatible. That's just, that's true. very like, glaringly obvious that it sucks actually. Yeah. And like, it's weird because like for me, I'm sitting in it in every car I sit in it's, they're all nice, right? The, the interiors are gorgeous compared to what I'm used to. Okay. Right. <laughs> um, you know, I mean, I have a 97 Chevy Camaro dog shit interior and a Nissan 350Z, which is, I would say maybe a little bit better, but a lot of people hate that interior and it's not great. Um, but yeah. so like everything I sit in is like nice compared to what I'm used to. But yeah, it's weird that they kind of all look the same. They all kind of have the same like material, the same stitching and the same like style to them. And they've all put in touch screens everywhere, which I'm not a big fan of. But like some of them look kind of cool, but like, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of just not into I'm definitely not into touch screens. I'm OK with like screens that like show you shit. Um, but everything is kind of converging on a similar sort of design. And like one of my main criticisms of that, this particular design is like, they have all these like creases and these like nooks and crannies. Like, if you know what I'm talking about, where it's like, mm-hmm. inst- instead of being a smooth dash, it'll be like these sections that like come down on top of each other. And then there's like this big crease in there. And I'm like, how the fuck do you clean that? <laughs> That's my problem where I'm like, that's going to get gross at some point. Like, what do you fucking do? So I don't know. It seems like they might be kind of tough to clean. And then I'm pretty sure. And I don't know. Maybe I was, maybe I was dreaming after the, I don't know, but I could swear to God, there was fucking suede interiors in multiple cars there. I'm pretty sure there was a Kia with a suede interior. And I'm like, what do you, how do you clean that? Do you just throw it away when it gets dirty? I don't (laughs) get it. I I wonder yeah, I was going to say Alcantara stuff or Alcantara is a lot different. That's what is me. Alcantara? It's like Maybe fake, it's that. Yeah, that's yeah, probably like that. I, it seems like it couldn't possibly be real suede. Yeah, no. Um, real suede's like impossible yeah. to clean. Yeah. You're not, not even supposed I don't know to touch it. You're not yeah. even supposed to touch it like with your hands because the oils from your fingers will like ruin it. Yeah, it's a useless material. So mm. like I'm guessing this is like different than suede but it's similar enough that i was like what the fuck this is weird like a suede like dash bizarre to me don't know why that exists so anyway the newsy kind of has like it looks like the 370z right but like add a touch screen and then also like this weird 
new style of dash basically is what it is which again it looks cool i love it yeah i'd love to see it um but i would i'm i don't know i got some questions about their suspension setup um and stuff like that so they have like a primarily digital dash in there right because you can um, adjust like what the gauges are and everything i think no you know what i can't remember now i think they actually do still have a traditional like cluster but i i don't know I thought there was something about like one of the gauges you can switch to anything you want or something. Yeah. You know what? Yeah. You know what? It is digital. I can, I have a picture of it. Yeah. It's digital. Yeah. 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 It shows how much I know. I I just haven't paid (laughs) as close of attention as like I should, of course. Um, But anyway, I I thought that it looks good. I I like the Z. I'm obviously a Z fan in general, but you know, I got, I got some reservations about that. Yeah. Fair. Then um, it's also worth mentioning BMW was there. They brought like six cars and I think they all kind of sucked. So, and they were all like giant fucking land yachts. I was like, why the, whatever. It was boring and lame and it kind of sucked and I wasn't a fan. Yeah. They're all pretty ugly. I yeah. Guess, mm-hmm. All the new BMW. Pretty gross looking. The pig nose grill is terrible. I hate it. Yeah. Um, yeah. It definitely definitely with you there they got to make that they got to change that so like it's also just weird like they just didn't really put that much effort into being there if they came with six cars i was like okay that's weird whatever the american automakers basically didn't have any cars um they just came with trucks and suvs for the most part except for the camaro and the mustang there may have been some other like little cars here and there like ford straight up doesn't have another car so like they don't sell cars (laughs) Uh, Chevy, I think, still sells one or two, but if they were there, I didn't see them. They they all came with trucks and SUVs, which pretty much every company came really truck and SUV heavy. Um, that's what's selling right now. That, that's what they want to sell. Um, that's what their highest profit margins are and what they... There's a lot of reasons for everything being trucks and SUVs, but yeah, you could see that at the fucking auto show. Um, I'm pretty sure there was like... Yeah. There was like... 8 to 12 Ford Broncos there. Oh my like, god. They it was an entire section of various Ford Broncos which are cool ish like I think they're cooler than Jeeps personally but like mm-hmm. I don't need to see 10 of them. <laughs> yeah. Uh so then also I did see the Ford Maverick and uh All right. I got a report. I like it. It's cool. <laughs> it's yeah. cool. Hell yeah. That's great to hear. So, and this is, this is even funnier. I genuinely believe that the build quality on the Ford Maverick was better than the Ford F-150 Lightning that they had right next to it. And wow. like, yes, uh, the Ford Lightning. Interesting how I was like, yo, some of this shit is not that good. The interior wasn't that fucking nice. I, the Maverick might have had a better interior, if I'm being honest. That's probably mm. a personal preference. I don't like those big obnoxious trucks anyway, so like take what I'm saying with a grain of salt. But like that interior looked like way more plasticky than the Maverick interior. Maverick interior is smaller. Don't get me wrong, which you know mm. I kind of prefer anyway. But yeah, it, it looked it looked nicer. The Maverick that they had had a bed liner in it. The mm-hmm. Ford Lightning they had did not. So it was just the bare metal version. I was like, ooh, really not putting your best foot forward here. Jesus. Now, I'm sure they had other 
F-150 variants that did have the bed liners. But I was like, yo, this is like your your lightning. This is like your chance to show this truck um, being something. And they missed the mark. They had like some of the gimmicky, which I, I kind of like the gimmicky stuff in the bed. You know what I mean? Where it's like, oh, this folds out into that. And, you know, here's a mm-hmm. table where you can cook pancakes or whatever the fuck. You know what I mean? <laughs> that kind of stuff. And the build quality on some of that in the lightning was not very good. There was also like a pullout step to get into the tailgate. So like it comes out the back of the tailgate for you to step onto. And that thing fucking moved and shook. I was like, this thing is a piece of shit. I would not step on this. Like it just doesn't seem safe. So like maybe it was busted at the show, but it kind of seemed like, yeah, it's just supposed to work like this. It's just kind of loose and shitty. (laughs) Like, I wasn't, I was not impressed. It was, it it felt straight up rickety to me. Um, And the Maverick did not feel that way at all. The Maverick felt fucking great and solid. I'm sure the Maverick they had was like one of the, you know, top trims or whatever. And, you know, I I thought it was great. Now I did also see the Hyundai Santa Cruz, which is like their small, like sort of like pickupy sort of deal, which I really liked. And I was like, you know what? I think the the Santa Cruz might give the Maverick a run for its money. But um, when I was writing up my notes, I reviewed the picture I took of the the specs, the pricing and all that, and the fuel economy and stuff. And uh, I'm pretty sure the Maverick just beats it out by a lot. Because the Maverick can get like 30 plus or 40 MPG with the hybrid. Mm-hmm. The Hyundai doesn't even come with a hybrid option. And they were like 20 to 23 um, MPG. And I was like, well, that sucks. Um, it looks nice. The Hyundai looks really nice, but it was also like the one they had there was over 40 grand and it was nice, but like 40 grand and it gets like 22 MPG on the highway. Whereas the Maverick also looks almost as nice and costs less and gets way better gas mileage. So um, looking at it again, I feel like the Mavericks are clear winner there. Um, and, and I, I got to be honest, like, Personal preference, obviously, but I think the Maverick styling is better than the Santa Cruz, in my opinion. Again, Santa I, Cruz has I like that angular kind of look. I like, and I like it, but I get what you're saying. That's not for me. That's yeah, not for I me. I Purely, purely personal preference, but I like the understated, kind of more squared off, simplistic look of the Maverick. That's fair. But, I mean, yeah. yeah, that's fair. The Santa I, Cruz is a little more showy, a little more, uh, I don't know what to say. I don't know Aggressive, either, but I, I guess, but yeah. Yeah. yeah it, it was just, it was something I, I feel like the Mavericks a clear winner here though. Like it yeah. just was. Um, so yeah, I I've seen the Maverick in person and let me tell you, I get it. I fucking get it. Oh yeah. So with that said, there was also a, um, there was a Lexus there, the LC 500, which is like their big, I don't know, touring roadster sort of car. It's like 30 feet long. I'm guessing weighs like 6,500 pounds. (laughs) And it had rear seats that I was like, you should go to fucking prison for this. I mean, the rear seats in this car were like 12 inches wide. I'm like, a child couldn't fit in these. Like looking at it, it was uh, there's a picture again. I'm going to post pictures, but like you will see how absurd these seats are. And I'm like, these why would you? why would you make the car 30 feet long and then have like these tiny rear seats? Just get rid of the rear seats. 
what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> it was just bonkers. put storage back there. That makes no sense at all. That's what I'm God. saying. Like, why would you make it seats? Just make it storage. Like, oh, here's a little compartment to put your golf bag or whatever the fuck you're going to do with this piece of shit car. Like, <laughs> it was just weird to me. It was just so fucking goofy. Um, and it looks like this very fine, posh interior. And I was just like, this car probably costs an, an absurd amount of money. And it just looks like it doesn't look that good. But like seeing this, I'm just like, this is just like a rich person spending money for no goddamn reason, um, which, of course, I mean, it's capitalism. So you got to expect a little bit of that. But yeah, it was uh, it was definitely weird. Um, so, yeah. Um, and then I also did see in the Toyota section, I saw the um, GR Corolla, which was Ooh. fucking cool. Cannot deny it. It was cool. Nice. It felt nice to sit in. I was a fan. I was a fan for sure. Um, I also sat in a Camry because I tried to make an I did try to make an effort to sit in some like regular cars so that I can report on regular ish cars. And what I can tell you is like generally interiors have gotten nicer over the years and like seat technology has improved dramatically over the years. Mm, like I, I could have told you that. Well, I mean, it's obvious. <laughs> yeah, you can see it. It's like, OK, you sit in these seats and I'm like damn dude your average grocery getter today like i would take their seats and put them in my z like (laughs) they just hold you in better for the most part not every seat but like the average has trended towards seats have gotten pretty nice so yeah anyway i just thought it was interesting so i sat in a camry too and i thought that was also cool and there it was they had the one that's like 300 horsepower or something i was like oh it's kind of kind of decent um i would consider getting one if i could like afford a, a car like that but camrys are kind of kind of pricey i feel like um the gr corolla is also very pricey um uh, very yeah. <laughs> much but you know uh, i sat in them they were cool i saw the supra there also very cool i you know i'm a sucker for it there was the corvette was cool there there was all kinds of just cool shit um i saw the hummer and that thing is should be illegal it's a piece of just unbelievable monument to fucking bullshit i just it was gross so the hummer was the hummer ev was awful and i saw the new ram truck concept right um and that was cool it looked cool it seemed really big and obnoxious like all these trucks so of course i have my problems with it but you know, it looked futuristic-y, and I thought it was a good-looking truck in some some ways, but, like, it is a concept. It's going to change a lot, so it just is what it is, but, um, yeah. Anyway, that's what I saw at the auto show. It was a lot of fun, and I spent too long there, but I saw a lot of interesting shit, so, you know, whatever. Yeah, definitely. I We, we talked about this a little bit, but I, I kind of want to plug that um, video by the, the channel not just bikes that's just railing about like why American trucks are so big and why Americans are always buying these, uh, uh, SUVs. And, you know, it's, it's a lot, you know, they explain the whole, like, um, like tax incentives or whatever that, that sort of, uh, created the market for those, those cars. Um, uh, I don't know. It's, it's a great channel, not just for that video, but just, watching someone rant for half an hour about uh trucks are too goddamn big and heavy and have terrible visibility yeah, and all that. It, it it made me feel like yes i'm not the the only crazy one talking about this 
yeah we're 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 some of the only people who are into cars talking about it i feel like <laughs> yeah. uh it's pretty unusual for that but uh yeah <laughs> yeah so anyway that's that's my little book report on the chicago auto show which you know i kind of felt like i had to go to because i live in the area and i have i'm on a car podcast so like you know kind of like okay i gotta do this <laughs> Yeah, no, it sounded like it was fun. Yeah, it definitely was. Uh, cool. Well, you guys want to talk about uh, some news stories, or should we take a quick break first? We should take a, a like super duper quick break if we can. All right, let's yeah, do that then for sure. All right, we're we're back from our uh, second legally mandated break. <laughs> Uh, we got a few news stories for you here today. Breaking news. That's that's the part of the show we're at. We're at the breaking news part. This is Cars and Comrades with with your car news updates. Starting off strong with uh, you know all the all the usual Tesla fuck ups. First up, yeah. we've got. No shortage you, of them. This one, right? What was that? Sorry, you wanted to cover the, these first couple ones? I, you you sure. had them. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll cover these first couple. We'll try and be kind of quick with these. Headline on this one is uh, Tesla uses sneaky tactic to extort uh, $4,500 from customer uh, and locks 80 miles of range on Model S. So very cool that they now can just be like, oh, you know what? your car only gets to travel this far uh, on the battery um, and we'll just disable the rest with like, you know, just an update over the air. Um, so super cool. Anyway, uh, it goes on. Uh, Tesla and its amusing stories are never ending and unique. They are almost like fantastic tales sometimes because yeah, that of course uh, reports say Tesla disabled around 80 miles uh, of range from a customer's car and told them that to have it restored, they'd have to pay $4,500. So it obviously came to light through a tweet because that's how news happens these days is someone who owns a Tesla tweets something and that's how we get a Tesla story. (laughs) Tesla buyers should be warned that the brand may have the ability to reduce the range of their vehicles remotely. Uh, Tesla stated that the vehicle had an issue with how the vehicle was configured and that the in order to restore its full range, he would have to pay forty five hundred dollars. So, of course, their like sales and accounting departments are super, you know. Uh, dysfunctional and they'll just like let someone leave with whatever they paid for and they'll be like hey wait uh you know what you bought the wrong thing here let's change it for you (laughs) so anyway i you know could read further into this article it's um the publication is vehicle suggest i don't know never heard of this uh yeah vehicle suggest.com never heard of them before but um I probably don't need to go any further. Um, Tesla can remote lock or change its fucking range. Um, and they're going to do that to extort you for money. sounds like fucking capitalism in a nutshell to me. So I don't know if um, it was remote or not, but that, that's not the first story I've heard about Tesla limiting yeah. someone's range. Yeah. This yeah. one's remote. This one is remote over the air. So they could just be like, yeah, you drive this far now. And um, I think what happened is basically this guy went in for a repair and they replaced the battery pack with a, a bigger one because that's just what they had on hand at the moment. <laughs> oh, this is an older story then. 
Yeah. Yeah. I feel like um, I remember hearing about this one a while. Uh, ago. I didn't. I think well, it just came up recently, though. Yeah. Okay. It just, as of March 5th, is when this was published. So, yeah. Um, so they put in the bigger one and they're like, hey, we got you, man. You know, we'll give you a little bit of extra just because, you know, that's the only battery we have available. He's like, cool. All right. I'll get that extra range. And then the corporate office is like, no, actually, you didn't actually pay for that extra range. So we're going <laughs> to we're going to over the air disable that. Nice. So that would be I mean, to make a really rough analogy, that would be like if your V6 car blew up and they were like, oh, all we have is the V8 replacement. Let's just put the V8 in there for you. And you were like, whoa, cool. Thanks. I got a V8 instead of the V6. And then they remotely were like, nope, we're going to turn off two cylinders. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, that's gross. <laughs> yeah. So, yep, that's that's one down. Another one to go. Um, this one is in the publication Electric, which is, you know, just spelled a little funny. I don't know. You can find it. Type it in. You'll figure it out. Uh, headline here is Tesla puts a quote unquote dummy camera in its new vehicles. So super awesome. This fantastic tech, which involves fake cameras. Super cool. Um, Tesla has decided to install a dummy camera in its new vehicles equipped with its hardware 4.0 autopilot self-driving sensors. I hate that it's 2.0, 3.0, 4.0. Dude, please find another naming convention anyway hardware 4.0 is tesla's latest suite of sensors and computer that powers its new autopilot and full self-driving package which of course we know is not full self-driving and we you know they say we've been learning a little bit more about the new sensors and blah 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 so we learned that the automaker is changing its cameras according to a filing with chinese regulators um more specifically the filing showed that tesla has changed its front-facing camera setup from three to two cameras which is real interesting because they they notoriously don't really have other sensors <laughs> so and they already don't see that well so like ugh, it's i think they're just like trying to find a way to hit more children um <laughs> I'm, and and bicyclists sure seems that way <laughs> so yeah then it was later confirmed by a teardown of the new hardware 4.0 computer the article kind of goes on to say we were confused when we started to see the first Model S and the Model X vehicles coming out of the Fremont factory. They had new front-facing camera enclosure, but it looked like it still had three cameras. And we now learn why. It's it's to accommodate this new hardware 4.0. But like, if they show a picture and it's like two of the cameras have like a lens that like reflects light a little bit differently, and then there's a fake one next to it. <laughs> and I just yeah. think beautiful lipstick on a pig i i love it <laughs> i love that one of the captions one of the captions says it could have been a different sensor but in the manual tesla confirms that it is a dummy camera <laughs> so like don't worry it's not like they put an infrared or you know lidar radar any of the other like quote-unquote self-driving sensors that other manufacturers are using these days nope it's just a fucking fake yeah, so they they acknowledge, and it's just like, again, this should obviously be illegal, but like, I just, it's like, oh, there's, this is capitalist innovation, dummy cameras. <laughs> dummy cameras, God. You know, it's, it's kind of like when you buy the base model car that doesn't have fog lights, 
and they have a little blanking plate yeah. there on the bumper. Yeah. <laughs> but but this is like, you know, they put a lens in there to make you think it's but there. no actual light behind it, you know. <laughs> yeah, so this is they're going through an amount of effort to fake it, which is crazy to me. Yeah. So, yeah, there's that. Um and then I do have another story here. I'm going to try and kind of skim it, but the the point being in Germany, there's like a class action lawsuit against Tesla for some of the claims that Elon Musk has made by opening his big, stupid fucking mouth and not having an actual advertising marketing department. So they've they've used the claims that are crazy and bombastic that he said. And they're like, dude, this guy said like these cars should last like a really long time. And then the Tesla lawyers are like, um, actually, this car is a piece of shit and it will die almost immediately. <laughs> you cannot it. Re, no reasonable person would expect this car to make it past one hundred and thirty thousand miles. <laughs> so they did. <laughs> I'm serious. That's it's bad. So the uh, headline. I, I love it when lawyers say no reasonable person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I don't know what they said. It's it's in Germany. So it was probably a, um, a horrific sounding cacophony of. Uh, sounds that I cannot begin to decipher because I'm a stupid American who speaks one language. But uh, so Tesla lawyers dismiss Elon Musk's claim in Germany, state that the cars last only 130,488 miles. So, yeah, they're well, saying this specific. in a legal setting. Yes. It, well, I think it's because there's a it's supposed to be like between three some some amount of kilometers it's whatever i forget what it is but so the story begins tesla customers decided to cancel their purchases due to defects or flaws in their cars so like their cars are pieces of shit and german law allows that says that they can do that but they have to pay compensation for use on the vehicle so they're like okay you use the vehicle for like eighty thousand miles even if it's a piece of shit like you will get some of your money back but like some amount of that money is you used it. You got to pay for that usage, right? So that's how the law there works. But it's based on the expected lifespan of the car or the product or whatever it is. And so if Elon Musk says this product will last for 500,000 kilometers, which is a thing that he said, they say, look, I've only used x amount of the life and the tesla lawyers are like uh no no it's actually a piece of shit and the lifespan is way lower so yeah, just course, to be very specific about it that is that weird amount of miles one hundred thirty thousand four hundred eighty-eight is almost exactly two hundred ten thousand kilometers okay so i think that's what they're saying is that it'll last two hundred ten thousand kilometers but that yeah. just translates to one hundred thirty thousand four hundred eighty-eight miles which is yeah. not a very long lifespan no. for a car <laughs> <laughs> no uh i think most american cars can last past that so mm -hmm. <laughs> I, I think every single car i've owned has had more miles than that oh yeah so. yeah so it's like that's not that's not saying much now to be fair okay which is not something we should do often but these lawyers obviously have an interest in like claiming that it's a piece of shit because it, they would pay less in this lawsuit so like they have a direct interest in like lowering the lifespan of this vehicle. And to some extent, like you have to weigh what they're saying in court being reality versus they want to win the case. So like, you know, it, it, there is an aspect of that, but like it is still shocking that a company would say that like 
no, our product is really this shitty, even just to win a case. That seems um, kind of hard to believe. So anyway, they um, there was people sharing uh, the Christoph Lindner, Lindner and Jennifer Hoffman kindly shared the information they had on four cases in which these disputes happened. So the uh, Tesla attorney and his team thought it was relevant to share the strategy of the EV makers, German lawyers, to try and get higher compensations in these reversed sales. So Lindner, who and I don't know what this person's attachment to the case is, but uh, Lindner revealed Tesla sold vehicles with cracked jacking spots uh, in June of 2022 and has helped in more than 200 lawsuits against the EV uh, maker. So obviously this person has gone against Tesla quite a bit. And so there was one case and then, you know, another whatever. But basically the lawyers are just trying to like bring down the lifespan of these vehicles in court to lower the amount that um, they'll have to pay out for this stuff. Um, so that's kind of like the long and short of it. It, it. There's more to it. Um, and this is in a publication called AutoEvolution.com. Um, if you want to know more, but again, it, it's really just worth noting that like Tesla's lawyers are perfectly comfortable saying in court that, yeah, this car will only reasonably last 210 kilometers uh, or 210,000 kilometers. <laughs> Um, so like, yeah, <laughs> I mean, it much. might last 210,000 kilometers, but reasonably it'll last 210 kilometers. Like, <laughs> you get yeah. one charge out of this motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, anyway, I, I don't want to read, I don't want to take too much time up because you know, it's, it's Tesla stories. There's a million of them. They're all shitty. We all know it. So you can read it further on if you want, but yes, there is a, they really have said in a court of law in Germany that these cars are real pieces of shit and no reasonable person would think they last a reasonable amount of time. So, yeah. Um, and then, Bryant, I think you had uh, you had a Tesla story as well. Yeah. So uh, the headline here from uh, was it Reuters or Reuters? I forget how you pronounce Reuters. That. Anyway, whatever. Uh, Tesla says it laid off four percent New York employees before union campaign. So uh, this is in uh, upstate New York and uh, Buffalo, uh, where they're building Teslas at a factory there. Some employees have been agitating for a union. And uh, then Tesla decided to lay off uh, 4% of the uh, workers there. I got to say, Buffalo's got it going on. We, we got to figure out what, what they're on up there because everybody's trying to unionize up in Buffalo, it seems. Oh, yeah. yeah, I haven't heard uh, any other campaigns. Uh, that's where the Starbucks sounds... uh, organizing yeah. campaign started. Uh, okay, yeah. I mean, there's a few of those Starbucks campaigns in Colorado, too, I know. But... I think they started in oh, actually, Buffalo. That's gotcha. the first one okay, that really yeah. popped off and, and yeah. made headway because they actually won their union drive. It was the first unionized Starbucks store in the world, I think, or at least in the United States, but maybe in the world. I know a couple of Pittsburgh okay. ones went pretty early too, but I don't think they were first. I, yeah, I yeah. think Buffalo was number one, and then there's been several since that have uh, gotten it. So uh, the the union is called uh, Workers United Upstate New York, and uh, they uh, they filed a complaint with the uh, U.S. National Labor Relations Board. You know, basically saying, "Hey, look, this is retaliation for union activity," mm-hmm. which it definitely seems to be yeah maybe in a few years the nlrb will uh rule on that and say bad elon you can't do that 
Yeah. And I, you know, one of the few good things that um, Joe Biden has done is really put some teeth into the NLRB. Um, they're actually enforcing union laws rather than just letting things slide. They've got, yeah, they've gotten better. I feel like there's still, their options are kind of limited, but they are definitely a lot better than they were. Yeah. Aren't they still massively mm-hmm. underfunded? Oh yeah, for sure. Of course. Yeah. So that 4% comes out to around 30 employees. The company also said that they were updating their policies saying that it's uh, it's against the rules to record workplace meetings without all participants' permission, <laughs> which uh, seems to be a violation of federal labor law and also flouts New York's one-party consent law to record conversations. So hmm. they're just out there breaking laws, uh, you know, trying to trying to stop, you know, people from recording these like captive audience meetings or whatever. Yeah. Crazy. Uh, that's about it. Uh, there's a little bit more in there, but uh, we'll have the link in the show notes for you. Cool. Well, we ran through the uh, the Tesla stories. I think that's all of them then. Yeah, there was one more that I did want to address since we're on the topic. I can get really quickly through it it's just uh the headline from the drive tesla probed by feds again after another model y loses steering wheel um, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it, it the little subhead just says neither car had steering wheel retaining bolt installed from factory according to reports from the nhtsa that's not like a minor part that is the main bolt that holds the steering wheel on like if you've ever pulled a steering wheel apart that big bolt in the middle that's the one they're talking about. That's fucking crazy. The fact that that got through all quality control checks, if there are any in a Tesla factory, is mind-boggling. That got out to yeah. a customer. That's fucking ridiculous. Fucking talk about talk about insane. disrupting the uh, automotive industry, huh? <laughs> disrupting that person's drive, eh? Yeah, that's pretty disruptive, if you ask me. <laughs> Yeah, just absolutely crazy. I, I had to point that one out, how absurd it is that they uh, that they did that. But yeah. Yeah, I mean, I've heard some other sort of anecdotal stories of just terrible build quality coming from Tesla factories where, you know, they'll go in for a repair and something just will not be bolted down properly. Oh, yeah. But I mean, I think we've all heard the horrible stories of panel gap and, and shit quality yeah. paint and and everything else but yeah now it's it seems to be coming up a little more often in their actual mechanical things that are, are a little more life-threatening than just bad panel right. gaps and shitty paint so yeah maybe don't buy a tesla um if, if i could recommend anything i would say don't buy one. Oh, zach what would you recommend um not a tesla I would recommend Maybe a an Audi? Subaru, not an Audi. I would recommend a Subaru <laughs> because I... Maybe one particular Audi? Yeah, yeah, definitely. One particular Audi. It's a 2004 S4 that this guy in the Denver area is selling. Definitely buy that one. It's a it's super high quality, I promise. <laughs> well, the next story up we have is uh, about Lordstown Motors that we uh, reported on. What was it like? year and a half ago or something like that uh, i left i left my job where we were doing parts for for lordstown like close to a year and a half ago so i think it was before that even yeah the headline is uh lordstown recalls almost every truck it made last year 
So they're doing great. Let's see. Uh, so this uh, is a story by on the drive uh, by Aaron Cole, who I've met, and he's a cool guy. Um, they announced they were recall nineteen. So they only made nineteen pickups <laughs> in this year. Wow, that is uh, uh, actually okay. That that changes things a little bit. <laughs> it's for a uh, electrical connection issue that could disable the cars while driving. Nice. Yeah, I feel like I feel like if you have an electric vehicle, electrical issues shouldn't be like the thing that you're having. Like you should get connectors right. I feel like yeah. So they announced that they would suspend further production uh, in order to address these uh, quality control problems, and then uh, you know start up again at some indefinite date in the future. Yeah, so, I mean, if you don't remember from our previous episode, these are electric pickups, um, sort of a clean sheet design, I believe, and uh, they're being built in a old GM plant in uh, Ohio, in Lordstown, Ohio, and um, they've had quite a few issues uh, with their finances, with their production, with their design. With their management and their CEOs. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Their weird engineering their promotions. Yeah. Fun stuff. Yeah, Top to bottom kind of fucked up. So I would suggest don't invest in that company or <laughs> order one of their vehicles, but that's just me. Well, um, dovetailing on that, we do have actually have another, uh, Lord's Lordstown story, but, uh, this, your story actually put this into a little bit more perspective. So I, I didn't know they were going to be solvent for as long as they are, but I, when, when I read this headline, I was under the impression that they had made more than 19 vehicles last year. <laughs> so this changes things a little bit. So um, I, I don't know the exact number. Uh, it said almost all of the cars that they made. Well, last it year can't be more than 40 then. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that would be very generous already. So yeah, yeah. they're in the ballpark of around 20 vehicles. <laughs> um, real functional company there. So uh, this is another story in the drive, actually, by a friend of the show, James Gilboy. So this one says, Lordstown can only make 500 electric trucks unless it gets more money. Lordstown says it doesn't have enough money to mass produce the endurance pickup without more money. So they need some capital injections. Now, I thought, wow, that seems really desperate. But if they've only made 20 vehicles last year, that, yeah, what, I, what I'm hearing is that they have enough money to make cars for like the next five decades. Yeah, that's what I'm, <laughs> that's where I'm going. So I'm like, okay, this seems like a like they can sell 20 vehicles and they'll probably have enough money to make a, a few more, right? So I don't know. I think Lord Sound's doing just fine. Um, that's probably what you should take away from this story. <laughs> yeah, they're just a, a you know boutique handmade sort of. Uh, they're like. Morgan or um, yeah, you know uh, or Pagani. any of those little small. <laughs> oh yeah, exactly. Just the highest quality handmade vehicles in the world. <laughs> yeah, and um, yeah. So anyway, uh, the article goes on. Um, beleaguered electric vehicle maker Lordstown Motors needs another financial partner before it can mass produce its electric pickup truck, the Endurance, which, of course, to reminder, is the only vehicle they make. <laughs> Um, the company says its truck is unprofitable to make, even with several investments from Foxconn, uh, though that it may have a future building other EVs if help doesn't arrive. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Though that it may have a future building other EVs if help doesn't arrive. So maybe build the other EVs. 
<laughs> How is that not the solution? <laughs> yeah, build other Jesus. Okay, anyway. Uh, anyway, I, Wurzel Motors. I, I just had a vision of them like getting those, uh, you know, chi- Chinese uh, electric bicycle kits that come in a crate and just assembling them there. Look, we're making electric vehicles here. <laughs> um, yeah, they which they were like. They were doing all kinds of shady shit to get those initial investments anyway. They were like saying they were further along than they were, that they had, oh, we had secured all these orders that they weren't real. And they were the ones that was like rolling things down a hill and making it look like it was moving under its own power. <laughs> that was that was uh, Rivian, I think. Oh, was it? No, I think. No, 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 no I'm sorry, other not Rivian. Uh, Nicola. Yeah, that's yeah. Nicola. Okay. Who was the They're one that was scams. like had the extension cord? That was plugged into their vehicle. Was that Lord Stone? I think that was also Nikola. Was that one also Nikola? Oh, okay. Nikola was actually much shistier than even Tesla is. Like they, <laughs> they never made a single thing that ran. Tesla just <laughs> lies about how well their shit runs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Listeners, go back and listen to our our show from the past, and because we don't remember all those details. Not at all. I remember a lot of them. I made some of the dies for the fucking company. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I'm just speaking for myself. Yeah, no, I, I very specific. Like, I know that a lot of the dies that we built for them went out like six or eight months late because n- not only were they, did they not know what they were doing, they were hiring people that didn't know what they were doing <laughs> and they were designing dies that they didn't know what they were fucking doing with. <laughs> Like we had to do a, like if you're in tool and die work, this is a big fucking deal. They had to do a like from scratch rebuild on all of the dies oh, Be- because they were so yeah. like poorly designed from the get go. Wow. Yeah, that's not good. Yeah. So wait, your company had to do a redesign or the Lordstown had to do a redesign? I was quit, so I never really asked too many fucking details, but <laughs> they were basically trying okay. to have a die that in one strike did multiple things when typically with die work you have like multiple strikes to achieve different forms around the die. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it just didn't fucking work. <laughs> well, um, if you're a listener and you have a whole lot of money you're looking to invest... Lordstown looking for investors, so they could use that money. So, you know, cue up the uh, the sad dog music from the commercials, and uh, you, it, with your generous donation or investment, you can help <laughs> Lordstown produce maybe more than twenty vehicles this year, and they would really appreciate that. So, <laughs> so anyway, that's I think that's uh, all we need to get into for Lordstown. They're struggling. They're kind of a scam. But, you know, the CEOs out there saying all is fine. We promise with a little more money, we can make maybe 30 vehicles this year. (laughs) 15 of them will be electric bicycle conversion kits. (laughs) Hopefully we won't have to recall most of them. Yeah. (laughs) So I I guess moving on to um, probably time to discuss the recent UAW uh, election. uh, And I think Brian knows a little bit more about that. I I don't know a whole lot more. Um, I know, um, I think it was one of the other podcasts I listened to was reporting on this. I think it was um, Pod Damn America. And uh, basically they have a new, they have an election coming up and it's, you know, I guess they're a big enough union that they do like polling and that sort of thing, or, or maybe they've, you know, have some ballots already come in. I'm not exactly sure how they do their elections. Um, but they've recently changed the way they do their elections instead of having 
like delegates that vote like at i don't know the dnc convention or something like that um they have the actual members vote directly for the union president so that's something that the union was fighting for i'm glad to hear that they're doing that now yeah i think that was last year they were working towards like the membership was fighting to get one member one vote so right um and of course the uaw leadership wasn't super keen on doing that and i think the results of this kind of election show why and like we kind of went through and our like walter ruther series how the uaw ran under walter ruther and how it was kind of just like a political machine of its own and that kind of continued after the ruther uh family was no longer involved but like got more liberal so like yeah it was you know jimmy hoffa and all that kind of stuff yeah uh or no no, that was teamsters never mind yeah Um, yeah but same kind of same kind of vibe but anyway so the uh the new guy coming in is named sean fain uh which is a pretty cool name oh my god that's that's such a fucking good name i didn't put that together until just now i was like "Hmm." we're recording this on saint patrick's day weekend too so (laughs) (laughs) you don't fucking know oh that is all right i got i got high hopes for this guy now (laughs) yeah that rules and uh he seems to be uh you know like he's gonna be a reformer he's gonna uh shake things up and and um you know be more militant so a lot of the contracts are coming up for renewal with the big three. And um, they've also been laying off uh, workers the, at the big three, uh, sort of probably in a anticipation of a uh, economic slowdown in the future. So this, you know, could be a, a, a big time for a um, hard charging union president. His, uh, his slogan is no corruption, no concessions, no tears. Ooh, I like it. And and tears is in levels. Oh, okay. You know, a lot of the a lot of the union contracts with you know auto manufacturers, they have uh, a tiered system where if you have like seniority or if you've been hired after a certain date or before a certain date, you have a better deal than if you're like a temp worker or a new employee. And it's kind of how you know the company pits workers against each other and and um yeah you know fucks up the uh the whole solidarity thing you know uh we'll uh, we'll keep an eye on this and uh you know see how this guy does but uh that's all i have for now there's more in the article well all i can say is if i was uh the outgoing administration um i might be scared to start my car (laughs) (laughs) I'm not implying anything. I'm just, you know, just saying it's a pun for for new union president Sean Fain. Well, Sean. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Make I, sure I, we get that part right. It's I, Sean. Fain. I do believe that even Sinn Fein has large, largely avoided legal trouble. They are the political wing of the IRA. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> much suspected. No, uh, much suspected activity, none proven. <laughs> uh by the way i do i do want to know, uh, mention that like the vote for one member one vote i think was i don't it was close um but it, it's worth mentioning that this vote in at least in this article where the vote counting is they say as of thursday night fain had a 505 vote lead over the uh, incumbent and we're we're at the level of like 
69,386 to 68,881. So like that is a very tight margin. 500 votes when we're talking about tens of thousands of of, uh, members or or well over 100,000. I mean, that is that is tight. So yeah it is worth mentioning it's he's not going to have like the biggest mandate necessarily yeah and i guess this comes down to there's like around 600 uh challenged ballots so like hanging chad sort of thing i'm not sure exactly you know they yeah colored outside the line or whatever but yeah it's it's a close uh thing and then you know one interesting development with the uaw recently is they've been losing you know, auto workers, because, you know, there's there a lot of the auto companies are, you know, opening up factories in mostly the Southeast US, um, where they can get away with um, not having unions. What else can they get away with there? Child labor. All right. <laughs> yeah. So they've been sort of trying to make up their numbers by getting grad students um, unionized at universities, uh, which is an interesting thing to have grad students in the United Auto Workers, but it seems to be working. And a lot of those new student workers are the more um, militant base for the reformer candidate. That's good. Yeah. I, I'm, I myself am also confused about how that kind of stuff works, but I'm like, whatever. That's, I guess, how unions do their thing, I guess. It's weird. Yeah. yeah I, it's, you, I was going to say, how is that legally allowed? They're they're definitely not auto workers, but they're in the UAW? I don't understand. I'm very confused. I mean, there's a bunch of unions that are like, you know, the United Brotherhood of um, Sheet Metal Cutters, uh, you know, Hog Slaughterers, and... Mm-hmm you know, um, I don't know, seamstresses or something like that. Right. You know, just random, random professions that they kind of lump them together because that's how it worked out. I don't know. Okay. So UAW got grad students somehow, basically? Okay. I guess, yeah. All right, fair enough. The UAW is one of the strongest unions out there. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. They're one of the big ones. That's why. So, like, they kind of just have more of a presence is really what it comes down to. Got you. And sometimes it might be easier to affiliate with an existing union than to start a brand new one, uh, I suspect. Mm -hmm. So that's part of it, too, I think. Yeah. Yeah, that that makes perfect sense. I just uh, didn't quite understand how grad students got in with that. (laughs) But that, you know, that totally makes sense. If they just wanted to hitch their wagon to the, the biggest, the best kind of union that was already had a lot of power. That makes a lot of sense. I definitely yeah. see why they yeah. did that. And they also organized not only the people that like actually put the the cars together on the assembly line, but like uh, people that make car parts and, mm-hmm. you know, wheels and tires and brakes and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. I think uh, mentioning the UAW in the, in the big three, probably good time to mention um, just some notes about kind of what's c- probably coming um, in the near future. It sounds like Ford and GM are both looking to cut costs this coming year over the next like two ish years, partially in anticipation of a possible recession, which the Federal Reserve is currently trying to engineer through raising interest rates through the fucking roof because workers had a little bit too much power. They were able to be picky for a few weeks in 2022 and uh, the 
the capitalist class cannot have that. So they're going to discipline yeah. the working class and, uh, you know, Ford and GM are privy to, to this. They can kind of see what's coming. So who knows how bad it'll be, but th- th- this is an article it's paywalled. So I'm, you're going to get a very small dose of this, but uh, it just says time for pinching pennies at Ford GM. Um, while GM posted record earnings in 2022, Ford CEO Jim Farley cited poor execution and quote unquote dysfunctionality within the company for reducing profits. And, you know, it just goes on. This will be the year of uh, a year of belt tightening for both General Motors and Ford Motor Company as a potential recession looms. Um, but the rival automakers are coming from very different places as they target billions of dollars in cost-cutting measures. Then it, it's paywalled. But the, the moral of the story is they're both looking to cut costs. It has nothing to do with revenue. It has nothing to do with the fact that they're making plenty of money and they're selling very profitable vehicles for the most part. So their highest margin vehicles are their SUVs and trucks. They're obviously going kind of all in on on that. But they are still going to be cutting costs uh, dramatically, uh, including, you know, another article. This one's from CNBC. GM offers buyouts to uh, quote unquote majority of U.S. salaried workers. So they're basically going to be offering voluntary buyouts to a bunch of their um, white collar employees, like engineers, marketing staff, things like that, managers. And that is according to a letter sent to workers from the CEO. So GM is expecting to take a charge of up to $1.5 billion related to the buyouts. I'm unclear if that's going to be like, I don't think it's going to be a fine for doing it, but they're expecting to spend about $1.5 billion to to do this, I think. Um, And that's according to a public filing, probably with the SEC, although it's not clear in the little note there. But um, basically, they're trying to get rid of about 500 salaried positions. So... At the end of the day, they're just trying to cut costs. American white collar workers are expensive. They want to get cheaper ones. So they're offering some sort of severance package. So it's just worth noting, we're probably going to see the effects of cost cutting in future models of Ford and GM vehicles, both in terms of not having enough staff, but also probably in the vehicles. <laughs> okay. And the engineering is going to get shoddy in a few years or whatever. So just be aware of that. They're going to be cutting costs and whatnot. I should have mentioned this earlier, but uh, not because of this, but just as an addition to this, I think I might still buy a Maverick, but yeah. I think I might buy a uh, Copart has like almost 90 Mavericks on it with various levels of uh, damage. How? How? I You've delivered like 40 of them. What are you I talking about? I have no <laughs> idea how. I've been seeing them in the wild. Yeah, there's there's quite a few out there, and there's 90 on Copart right now with various levels of damage. So, you know, kind of a, avoids the new build, uh, potentially shoddy quality, avoids giving money directly to Ford, and still gets a fairly new yeah. uh, vehicle that, you know, some of them were totaled out for what looks to be very minor damage. Huh. So... Yeah, I think that may be the way I go. And I, I may end up spending close to 15 grand on a wrecked one, but compared to compared to 19 markups, <laughs> compared to, well, after markups, <laughs> I know. Yeah, good luck finding a $19,000 one. They're, they're 25 to 30, yeah. even for the $19,000 ones right now, from what I can see, if you can yeah. even get your hands on one. So, 
Yeah, those dealer markups are fucking crazy. In fact, I have a story here. I'm not going to go into it much further, but the head the headline from CNBC reads: 31% of new cars sold for above sticker price last month, and this was as of like I don't know February. So that's honestly that's honestly surprising that it was that low of a percentage. Right, I would have expected <laughs> I mean, over 50% of cars to be sold for over sticker price. Like, that's... well, you can imagine any of the good cars were 100% of those. So yeah, Mavericks yeah, are true. definitely going to be uh, in that category. Yeah, GR um, Corollas, the the new Supra, the new yeah, the new hot shit is all going to go way over stickers. Absolutely. So. Yeah, maybe pedestrian cars aren't getting it quite so bad. Yeah. So you know, it's it is what it is. But yeah, expect um, expect some some ripples from that a little bit. So yeah, the the automakers are expecting a recession to come. It's um, I would imagine it, it's coming. It's probably coming as more businesses start to believe it's coming. It'll kind of probably become a self-fulfilling prophecy. Yeah, for sure. Um, which sucks because, of course, yeah, I'm looking for a new job these days. And uh, let me tell you, it's getting hard, it's getting hard already. So uh, I can feel it. I'm like, ooh, I think it's coming. <laughs> There's no work for me through my union for the next six months. Yeah. We don't know it's further tough. than that, but as, as far as the next, like, at least four or five months, uh, nothing. God damn. So, yeah, there you have it. Uh, Cars and Comrades predicting the coming recession that everyone can see. <laughs> <laughs> now, while we're still talking about the big three and whatnot, I, I do want to just at least quickly mention. And this is as of February. They may have actually found a. There may be more information about this out there now, but I didn't look ahead of time. So you're going to get some old news. That's what you're used to on this show, and that's what you're going to keep getting. But this is from Motor Trend. Uh, at least 100 new Ford F-150 Lightning pickups suffer, suffer from an unknown battery pack issue. So they're not being recalled just yet, but they're holding back undelivered trucks um, that they're just like, oh, they have a some kind of battery issue. So uh, remember what I was saying about the build quality on the ford f-150 lightning just saying it seems like there's some issues <laughs> yeah yeah and then i feel like if we want to cover maybe one more story or do you think we should just uh cut it off at this point? yeah i think we got uh room for one more i'll i'll just uh another ford thing um they applied for a patent for a self-repossessing car <laughs> <laughs> this is so this is yeah. basically the uh, logical conclusion of self-driving cars is having a car that can drive itself back to the dealership when you miss payments. Woo! Isn't it great? And and I love how it, it dovetails perfectly with what we were saying about how loans are going to get higher interest rates. They're going to be out for longer terms and they're going to become increasingly like more difficult for people to pay because it's profitable to just repossess a vehicle and sell it again. And how there's an interest right. uh, in the market to do that. Here we are. <laughs> Going into this, I'm sure everyone's heard about it, at least a little bit. But one of the things that is a little bit less reported on, um, and I'm sure it's probably in this article on the drive that, that we've got here. But one of the things worth mentioning is before the truck repossesses itself, it's going to annoy the shit out of you. So like <laughs> it'll do stuff like prevent your radio from working or play an obnoxious beeping sound at you like the seatbelt thing. But like the whole time, because your payment was fucking late, it'll do shit like not it'll lock you out of the car on the weekends. 
but not during the week because it wants you to get to work to make that money for them payments. Ooh. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. So it's creepy shit. Like, and of course I can guarantee you these things are going to be collecting data on you. So it'll know like the, the headline is like, Oh yeah, it might lock you out on the weekends, but I'm sure it'll figure out what your actual work time is. This car will figure yeah. it out. Oh, you yeah. go to work at this time. That's when you can drive it any other time. No, no car for you. And of course, it's just, whoa, beautiful capitalist innovation. This is what we have engineers working on ways for cars to repossess themselves because we charge too much for the fucking cars for people to reasonably pay. And I just feel like a a part of me wishes we could spend more time on this story because this is just the story that is like representative of our podcast. This is what it's all about. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, This is what we're here for is this story the capitalist dystopia that we are going to live through. And now even Ford, which by the way, will probably have better self-driving technology before fucking Tesla. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I I'm a little skeptical of the whole self-driving cars thing, but yeah, yeah, we'll see. Yeah. But anyway, on that note, um, I think that's all we have time for. So, you know, if you like us, give us a rating on your podcast app. Tell your friends about us or whatever and come follow our social medias on Twitter and Instagram and all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. We'll, uh, we'll talk to you next time. Bye everybody. Uh, bye. Bye. Granny shift and not double clutching like you should. You're lucky that hundred shot of Nas didn't blow the welds on the intake. Now me and the mad scientist got to rip apart the block. Replace the piston rings you fry. The free market mythology, it argues that the most ruthless, selfish, opportunistic, greedy, calculating plunderers, applying the most heartless measures in cold-blooded pursuit of corporate interests and wealth accumulation, will produce the best results for all of us. (laughs) Through something called the invisible hand, My calculations are correct. When this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're gonna see some serious shit. Over the last century, the US government has done everything in its power to snuff out alternatives to its rule. From roundups to mass arrests of thousands of anarchists, socialists, leftists in the US, making it illegal to even be a communist to carrying out military interventions in over 70 nations just since World War II, causing untold human misery, all in the name of fighting ideas. What are you smiling about? Dude, I almost had you.